0: Turn this up, turn
1: this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your
0: career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Hi, I'm Paul Faranby, a.k.a. Incredible Paul, and welcome to Incredible Paul Leadership. Trying something a little bit different. I want to share a talk I gave for Really, it was last July, last August for my nonprofit. So as part of the Summer Success Summit, we did it towards the end of the summer, talking specifically about resilience. So I I talked about resilience before on here. If you've seen it before or you haven't. But this is an interactive session, so you'll get to see me talking, also interacting with the people within the nonprofit that were there live, and then it was also recorded so that people could go back and watch it, what the the community that we help with. So my nonprofit, Nala STEM, helps people around the country, specifically people who are underrepresented, so our mission is to unite, support, and build community among all historically excluded people in STEM. So that is the audience that I'm talking to, people who are historically excluded in STEM and who resonate with our mission. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you want to see more of this stuff that I record of different times I've got to speak to different organizations. I have another one planned in a few weeks that I'll talk that's specifically on leadership, but without further ado, let's dive in resilience, the power to persevere from the Summer Success Summit. Want as much interaction as possible. I'll occasionally stop and ask you all questions, whether you take yourself off mute or put it in the chat. But if you just hear me talking the whole time, you guys might fall asleep. So the don't want guys to fall asleep. I think this is, this is good information about resilience. And I think it's all something we've done, but it's just something that I had I had took the time to kind of create a process for it. So resilience, the power to persevere. I think most of you all know me, but just quick background about myself, but what I do as far as working full time as in manufacturing as a continuous improvement manager, and then also being an entrepreneur, doing podcasts, business and career coaching. This is on top of the stuff with Nala. So I stay pretty busy, but it's all stuff you know, going back, tying into what, what, uh, Nia was talking about with the hedge I think the incredible stuff and the Nala stuff definitely tie in all the three things pretty well and then working full-time allows me to do those three things so all right so just opening it up as far as when you think of the word resilience what do you think of when you hear that word I think of force and power Force and power. Yes, and obstacles. Obstacles. Okay, like that. Anyone else?
1: I think think of... Go for it. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think of obstacles too, and like having to push through those obstacles to come out on top.
0: Pushing through obstacles. Good,
1: good. I think back to the ability to like not be broken. Essentially, it's mm-hmm. resilient against like a chemical or a force mm-hmm. and it's able to like keep itself whole.
0: Yeah. Kind of a flexibility type bend but not break. Yeah. I like that. Any other thoughts?
1: There's some in the chat.
0: So oh. we have bounce back from adversity dedication, grit, application of yourself to build habits to meet your challenges. Awesome, love those. Good answers, good answers. All right, one more question. Any examples of people with resilience? Either maybe someone you personally know or just someone through history. Who exemplifies resilience?
1: It's in the chat, immigrant oh,
0: parents. Okay, I need to look at the chat more, sorry. <laughs> Ruby Bridges. Nice. Immigrant parents. Yes, definitely. There's a lot of resilience there. Good, good. Let me pull this over. It'll make it things easier. That's good. One one example I always think of is with, with Thomas Edison, nurses. That's a good one. That one's close to home for me because my wife is a nurse. Uh, so she's, she's going to get off her shift here probably pretty soon and be home. But yeah, that one hits close to home. Um, I think of Thomas Edison, just as far as inventing the light bulb. And depending on who, like where you see it, what source it is, whether it's from a thousand to three thousand times that he tried to invent the light bulb. And uh, when he was asked about all these signs that he failed, he didn't say I didn't fail. I just found three different different 3,000 things that didn't work. So I'm that much closer to the solution. And that is something that's really key with resilience is your mindset, because how you view things is really going to make an impact on what the outcome is at the end of the day. So the whole reason why I even came up with this topic and put together uh, this presentation was so I I went to Iowa State University I was talking to a freshman engineering class and just sharing my story of uh, going to college uh, research going to internships full-time stuff all that stuff I talked about a few different times that I had to overcome adversity and they kept asking like how how did you do this like what made you do this I just basically like well I I just I just kept doing I just was motivated blah, blah blah just kind of a a canned response, because I really hadn't really taken the time to reflect and think about what is resilience? How did I do? I know I did this because I was here before and now I'm here. So there's some growth, there's some development, but what actually caused this? So that's the whole reason why I I created this as far as the steps to take to create resilience within yourself. So how would you define the resilience? I love the answers that were given. I think all of those are really, they're all aspects of resilience. Just from a dictionary standpoint, I just screenshot dictionary.com. They're not sponsoring this, at least not yet, maybe in the future. So the first one is not the definition. I know Nia talked about ergonomics and We learned very quickly that not good at that. So maybe I need to work on the first definition as well. But the second definition is what I want to focus on. Are you looking for a place to continue to grow and develop, especially in your leadership? How about connecting with others who feel the same way? Hi, I'm Paul Ferrandi, a.k.a. Incredible Paul, and I've got great news for you. The Incredible Paul community is for people who desire to become the most incredible, versions of themselves. The community is for individuals who are goal-driven and action-oriented. This community is dedicated to leadership and personal growth, especially in going deeper in your career, starting a business, or developing a business. Join me in becoming the most incredible version of yourself. Go to incrediblepaulorg community to join the waitlist and sign up incredi org slash community. Join the wait list. I can't wait to see you there. An ability to recover from or just easily to misfortune or change. So I want to focus in on the easily part of it because when you think about resilience or setbacks, you don't necessarily think that they're easy. So and I'm sure there's Depending on where you go for definitions, you may or may not get easily in there, but I think there is a way to develop resilience to make it easier. It might not be easy, like the first time you faced it, but you are progressing and you have different things you can look back on to show that you are able to accomplish it. So just open it up, why is resilience important in the first place? Why am I even talking about this?
1: Because if resiliency wasn't important, then we wouldn't have good stories.
0: Ooh, the stories aspect. That's a good one. Failure is inevitable. That's a great answer. Good. Any other thoughts? Why is resilience important? Should I even be talking about this? Um, but there's also change is inevitable. And um, sometimes we may get a task that we're unprepared for, um, or we may feel like we're unprepared, or something is new.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, resilience is good to just keep morale and keep things moving in a positive direction. It's good. It's good. Keep moving in the right direction. One more question before I get into it. Keep keep you in suspense long enough. How do you get resilient?
1: I think with this one, it's more so like a mindset that you step into of like yeah. not be not letting this get the best of you and not letting it get into your head to make you feel as though it's not possible, mm. so it's just continuing to hold on to the idea or the dream that like this will happen. And resiliency is something that comes as a secondary product of it.
0: I like that. That's good. Any other thoughts? How do you get resilience?
1: I wanted to say practice, but
0: that really means that you like have to fail to get resilience. Like you have to kind of train yourself by continuing
1: on after things get bad.
0: Yeah, practice. I would say also get. Go ahead get trained on resilience yeah. i uh i think um i know the nih offers a resilience workshop so maybe oh. look for workshops for for people from people that can really uh talk about the topic and we're here today so night like that nih so, yeah yes.
1: And then there's also the stories that are shared. So like you can often get resiliency by having like, well, if so-and-so never gave up, then why should I? So it continues because of that.
0: That's good. Really good. Great answers. Great answers. So I feel like Anna just took all my slides. Like you just read all of them, but I'm I'm just kidding. You get resilience. It's it. it does take time because it is a process. It takes some patience, patience with yourself, patience with the process. It takes practice because honestly, you're not going to know that you're resilient until something happens. Because it's like when you you have we gotta prepare for fry, fire drills or tornadoes, all those stuff. We can do all the preparation in the world. But until it actually happens, we don't actually know if we were adequately prepared. That's why we have those drills. And it's, there's a lot of self-discipline that comes into play, which I know self-discipline is not everyone's favorite word, but it really takes discipline to get through. So talking about self-discipline. So I like this quote from John Maxwell's from his book, Developing the Leader Within You 2.0. So another yet another book to add. Just throwing all the books out there. Successful people do daily, but unsuccessful people do only occasionally. So I like that quote because the only difference, well, not so the only difference, but a key difference between success and not being successful is really being consistent and being disciplined. Do so you think about what uh, we've all heard, like millionaires or different, famous people talk about the stuff that they do. And it, it's not that much different from what people do every day, but it's that they're consistent, they've honed their craft, they know it really well, and they're really disciplined, and they they went to that next level. But there's some simple steps, I say simple, not easy, because I don't think any of this is easy, but it is simple. As far as avoiding temptation, and there's some good books about building habits and like priming, um, doing some things to make sure you can make sure you can do the habits that you want to do. There's also the pay now versus the play later. So you're going to actually, you're going to pay now or later, but it's better you pay now in the beginning because whether it's through your time or your efforts, because long-term you have that much more time to live it out with the benefit that you're going after. And this whole idea of getting back on the wagon, I think it's really easy. I think I'll, I'll use exercise and like, Um, eating right as an example, because it's something that I always have to be mindful of, especially eating right. It's like, wait, like, oh, in the morning, I started off great. I had some yogurt. I had some fruit. I got to work and there's donuts at work and donuts are my weakness. So it's like, um, sometimes I do better than other times, but maybe I do have a donut. But it's not in that moment, I had one donut, that's fine. But then there's sometimes we feel like, well, I had one donut. This day is not good anymore. I can just eat whatever I want the rest of the day. I'll start again tomorrow. I think we've all either been there or know someone who's done that. And so this whole idea of getting back on the wagon, even when you do do slip up to know that that's natural, you can just get back on. So the first step is really, I think Anna mentioned it that rejection is inevitable. So there, there's 10 steps to resilience that I came up with. And you might think, okay, that's, that's pretty basic. Rejection is inevitable, how does that help? Whether or not we innately think about it, uh, rejection or failures are gonna happen, but it's how you reframe rejection and failure into not being something that is who you are, but just something that happens to you. So that, that's a huge thing. So I just have some examples. I, I don't think these are just the only three rejections. I could fill all the slides and all the rejections I've had throughout throughout life. But just some key ones I'll highlight. 2015, I had done a co-op with Cargill that I did pretty well. And usually how they do, it was in, after my sophomore year. And usually they have their co-ops come back for internships and then do full time. Whatever reason, they're like, you're a great co-op. You were recommended, but not highly recommended. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> recommended, but I highly recommended. So you're not coming back for an internship. I was like, okay, great. Not great. I have to figure out what I'm going to do next summer, all that stuff. Fast forward 2016. Because of that, it allowed me to do internship in another area uh, in the Finnish side of food. So working for Nestle and food and so this time I was an intern and because of the co-op, I graduated like in the fall semester because I took a semester off. And so my I had it was in the summer, I was gonna be graduating that December, thought I was gonna be getting a full-time offer and lo and behold, something else happened. They're like, well, there's 40 interns. This year we only have enough full-time spots for 20 of you guys. So half of you guys are just not gonna get full-time spots. And so I was one of the half that did it. Um, and then I learned some things in that process, which I've, I've since helped other people with as far as I wasn't as gung-ho in my recruiting process and looking for jobs. And they didn't tell me until like after my fall career fair. So I was like, well, luckily, I still had I still had a, an offer. Uh, but yeah, that worked out. One more recent, while I was already working full time, was trying to get back to Nestle. Actually, I made it to the final interview, got flown out to California, was hoping to make ice cream, and I thought everything went well. It seemed like I had good rapport with the team, but at the end of the day, like we are going to pursue other candidates for this role. Thank you for applying. So I'll definitely face that a lot. Um, I'll skip these because this is the, some recent months and even in, within Purina. The first I worked for them initially, but the first time I interviewed with them, I was rejected. So just to show that, that I've heard it said that rejection is redirection as far as there was a, a role I was going for, I ended up getting to another role. And then all came full circle because I was with them for four years and I actually end up working. I got back into the role I applied to, I got a more senior level and I worked with the person that actually got the job instead of me, which was funny that we talked about that. But yeah, rejection is inevitable. But the next step is as far as the E. So evaluating the mistake or the failure. So you can have a rejection, you can have a failure. If you don't evaluate it, if you don't learn from it, it's not gonna do you any benefit. I would say definitely take the time. If you're if you're let go or you don't get the job, whatever it is, take the time to just for yourself, just for your own mental, emotional health, not to go get right back into things right away, take whatever time you need. I would say don't take too long, um, maybe a, a day or a few hours, whatever it is. But I would say like, don't just stop for like months because that's a whole nother thing but you need to evaluate, well, what are things that you could have done differently? Or maybe you didn't do anything differently. Maybe it's just not, there's certain things about the company itself, but take the time to analyze what happened what, and why it happened. So S is surround yourself with the right people. This is absolutely critical. And this is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about all the stuff we do with Nala STEM. Um, having a community of people that are like-minded, who are here to support you in a variety of ways. So reaching out to friends, mentorship and coaching is very powerful as far as either reaching to someone that's a, a couple steps ahead of you or even someone that's a peer. They might have gone through similar things. But you need to have the right people around you because that's going to affect your mindset and how you're viewing things. Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredible for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incrediblepalorg slash coaching. I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am incredible on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. But right, take a time to reflect a little bit. Based on what what have you heard so far? So I talked about rejection is a, inevitable. Evaluate the mistake or failure. Surround yourself with the right people. So what have you guys heard so far? What do you think you can apply right now? Or maybe already stuff you're doing. Yeah, that's a good one. Attend Nala STEM workshops. That's a good way to meet new people. I like that plug-in there. <laughs> I think
1: with the take the time uh one i think it's very important to actually ask the difficult questions of like why Mm because oftentimes rejection is hard in and of itself Mm -hmm. Uh, and then to have to go back and relive it is another thing so i i can understand the the human feeling to like go and do something else Mm -hmm. but if you don't ask yourself the question why then you don't really know the reasons why and it's kind of hard to grow from there
0: yes it's very hard i would say impossible If you don't ask yourself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's good. Any other thoughts? All right. And so there is a trend. uh, The the 10 steps actually spell out resilience. So now we're up to the I. Invigorate yourself with the goals you set. So I would say at this point, if you don't have goals, this is where you need to set some goals as far as what you're trying to accomplish. Whether... It's in your personal life or your professional life. If you don't have, I forgot who the the quote someone said. If you if you don't have if you don't know where you're going, then anywhere can get you there. <laughs> so you really need to have a goal in mind. Not to say that you have to stick with that goal. I, I think in the past there's this been whole idea of what, what you, what's your five or ten year twenty year plan, and I'm like well, what I wanna do might not even exist yet. So how do I know? So I, I don't think it's absolutely critical to have like a specific time, a really long-term time frame, but have a direction or what you wanna achieve. The time frame might, okay, it could switch around, it could change. It might speed up, it might slow down. You might discover as you are going down it that you don't even wanna do that anymore. And I think that's all things as you grow, that being comfortable with telling yourself, um, I didn't know a lot about this, and I, I don't really like this anymore. I'm going to try something else. I think that's OK. The next one with the L is leveraging small wins first. And with this step, I am definitely talking to myself. This is something that I'm always working on. You can ask my wife. I. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. As far as leveraging small whispers, because I don't always take the time to see the different milestones. I can do it really well for other people. And I can recognize it other people, <laughs> but with myself, I'm like, yeah, it's it's okay. It's i have still I still got a ways to go, or it wasn't quite like this. I tell everyone that I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> Emphasis on recovering. It's a continual process. Way better than I was last year or five years ago, but I am still recovering. But when you leverage small wins first, think about more in the moment, the more immediate. What what you can do right now. What can you do today? What can you do this week? But make it more immediate instead of, okay, I'm going to get this done at the end of the year. You already did that when you are setting your goals. Maybe you set um, New Year's resolutions or you have quarterly goals, whatever, those are long-term. You already know what you're going to do, but what are the small wins that you can get done right now that's going to help you with your long-term goals and to celebrate those wins, I think is key. So you have your goals, you have your leverage, your small wins, you still need a plan as far as your goal going forward, what is the, the time of activities you need to, to get done? the different steps you need to take, just breaking it down to smaller pieces. When you have, depending on how big the goal is, it can feel seemingly out of reach. So when you're able to break it down into smaller steps as smaller milestones, and this goes hand in hand with uh, leveraging small wins first as far as, okay, I had this in mind, I got this done, now I have this and you can track your progress and you can see where you're going as opposed to, I would definitely say to write this down or type it out. There is power writings out. Even if it's just it like with a Apple pencil or Samsung pen, whatever it is there, that's something that I'm being more intentional about because I can be digital heavy because I want to make sure I have it on me at all times, but with a tablet, I can still write it down. I still have it with me, but I don't, Because there's not as much of a connection with it when you type it out. You also remember it more when you write it out as opposed to type it out. So that's something I'm actively doing more over the last few months is writing stuff down, even if it is digitally, that I could see it with me and refer back to it and not have to remember where I put this notebook or something. I put everything in one note. I would say if OneNote just all of a sudden stopped working, I would probably be lost. I'd be like, I don't know. What am I doing next? What was the next task I was supposed to do? But that's just me. Yeah, OneNote for the win. It would absolutely. Execute the plan. So we can have the best plan in the world. Like we took hours, we took days, maybe months to create this plan. But if we never do it, it's useless. It is absolutely useless. So execution is key. If you don't execute, nothing's ever going to get done. Holding yourself accountable. So we already talked about surrounding yourself with the with the right people. But at the end of the day, you can have the best people around you, and that's why I talk about self discipline first. But you have to hold yourself accountable. There, there is the, the concept as far as being in the right environment can cause you to change move in the right direction. But even if you're in the right environment and you're not making the right choice, it's not going to change anything. It's also vice versa. You can be have everything together. If you're in the wrong environment, that can start to change you. Um, the easiest way to start to move in the right direction is to get in the right environment, but you still have to make the effort execute, hold yourself accountable. and what that is do what you say you're going to do as far as pretend like your 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 best friend is telling you something and you're you're your you're your best friend as far as I, am I doing what I said I'm going to do? am I holding myself accountable? So reflection, what are you going to do tomorrow differently that you did today that you didn't do today? Is there anything that maybe you at the beginning of the day you said you're going to do that you didn't do that you need to do tomorrow? That was kind of a deeper question.
1: <laughs> well, there's the there's some things that are like repetitive, mm-hmm. um, but even with those things that are repetitive, you can also strive to be a little bit more efficient with those tasks. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good, yeah, be more efficient. Celebrate small wins. Yes, I'm right there with you, Anna. I need to do more of that for sure, for sure. Anyone else? All right, never say never. I'm not gonna start singing the Justin Bieber song, but it is critical, even though I've said it twice already, that you don't let negativity cloud your judgment. It is really easy, and it can seep in at at all, at the most inopportune times. That you can think that you're being realistic, and I know that's something I have to catch myself with. Is that um, I'm not a pessimist; I'm a realist, which is what I consider myself to be. But it is you just have to to be mindful of it because just being realistic doesn't mean that you should have a negative spin on everything. Because I've heard it said that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It doesn't show. Right, I think it's more internal. But it is really critical on what you're focusing on. Whatever the situation, whatever happens, you cannot control your circumstances. You can't control what happens to you. But you can control how you respond to it. The response is critical. So taking the time. Even if you catch yourself being negative, like we're all gonna be negative at, at some point, but being more intentional. I think if you haven't heard before, even from this talk, you will be more intentional now and you start to, to catch yourself even more or having an accountability partner, whether it's your, your spouse or friend, whatever it is, you you can ask someone to really call you out your negativity. And depending on who you ask, they will probably do it. A lot <laughs> that you may not like it, but it is something that will help you grow in the long run. Up our negativity, negativity can come from yourself, but it can also come from others. So there's this whole idea, like some people give up on their dreams because they feel like it's, it's never going to happen. And then when you start dreaming big or talking about big things, they immediately put a damper on what you're trying to do. And say it's not possible, or it'll tell you all the negatives, all the risks. It is, and I would say, at least for me personally, I I try to listen to what people say, but I take it with, just with a grain of salt as far as what as far as what has this person done as far as in their life? Are they someone that is actively trying to improve themselves and actively trying to grow? Are they more someone that is complaining, but not necessarily trying to do anything to fix the problem? So just be mindful of who you are listening to. Uh, From Adrian, the idea of a pessimistic optimist, AKA the ability to acknowledge the possibility of negativity, but still choose to be optimistic regardless. I like that. It's good. I'm gonna steal that. (laughs) I like it. So from there, choosing your next opportunity. So what are you gonna tackle next? What is your next goal? From all the stuff we've talked about with the, uh, creating a plan, not not being negative. What is what are you going to do next? Because uh, making sure that it's aligned with what your what you feel your purpose is. Um, the last one is expect to succeed next time. So success really starts in the mind. If you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. So. Whether, what are, Whatever you believe is most likely going to happen. So I'm not going to say it's going to happen immediately. But I think we've all heard stories of people who have done seemingly impossible things, whether it's physical or creating businesses or whatever it was, that never in their wildest dreams thought that they were able to do it. They they wrote it down. They had a dream journal, whatever it was. and But they thought about it first and they thought they could do it and they just kept working out working out and one day it happened. But I think it's really key to make sure you're writing down your goals, writing down your dreams as well. Uh, I won't get too much into that, but it's just really critical to have that level of expectation that you're gonna be successful. So it's kind of, it, I feel like it's kind of counterintuitive because I started out by telling you rejection is inevitable and it is, rejection is gonna happen. But you can't automatically assume that just because it's going to happen, that it's going to happen this time. If you don't expect to succeed or you don't actively work to set yourself up for success, you're never going to achieve it. And success, like, you throw around success all the time. Success looks different to different people. Some people think success is having millions or billions of dollars, living in a fancy home, um, by the beach, whatever it is. But that's not that might be success, success to that person, but your success might just be the fact that you have a family, you have friends that support you, you have a, a decent job that you love to do, you're, you're doing the things you love. And I would say a lot of times, rich people talk about all the time that money doesn't buy happiness as far as money can set you up at least for a minimum to make sure that you're not going to struggle financially but as far as everything else i i forgot what the statistic is after a certain amount of money you make the making more money doesn't really make you any happier it doesn't really improve your quality of life you can uh, acquire all these different things but this whole idea of wellness and actually brian's on here we were I talked to him last week about the eight dimensions of wellness and it's really critical to understand there's so many different aspects of wellness. There's not just financial, It's not just your job, it's not just emotional, your family. There's a lot of different things that come together. But yeah, so there it is. Those are all the 10 steps. I have a podcast episode that talks about it. Um, Pretty much shares the same thing. I think I'll go into a little bit more detail, some more stories into it. But those are 10 steps. Any questions? Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time and be incredible.
1: Incredible.